Welcome. You are listening to sermon audio from Day 3 Church in Granite Falls, North Carolina. We invite you to join us online or in person for one of our services. For more information about our church, please visit day3church.org. Day 3 Church, experience a new day in your life. thank you for the opportunity to come here and worship you as freely as we can in this country. God, we thank you for your power working in our lives to comfort us through any trials, any things that happen in our lives that might try to get in your way. God, we pray that that your will be done in order that you might be glorified. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to tell you just to, before I get started in the message, I want to tell you a little bit about my week. I can tell you that somebody didn't want me to deliver this message today. I started working on the sermon, pulling it together. I've been studying for a while, but I started working on the sermon on Saturday. And I started pulling it together, and I got in front of my computer, and I started typing. And I had this little notice that came up, hey, you can uh, upgrade your Bible software for free. So I hit the button. And then my computer locked up. And it locked up solid. (laughs) and cost me that whole night of preparation (laughs) for this sermon. And there's just been a series of things that have happened, uh, a huge workload on Monday, so I really didn't have a whole lot of time Monday night. Um, Thank God that he made provision for me on Tuesday night so I could uh, finish writing the sermon and get things done on time. But it's Things have been standing in the way all the way up until five minutes ago. I went to the bathroom, and I had a wardrobe malfunction. (laughs) My zipper blew out. (laughs) Just fell apart in my hands. So I had to go find me a safety pin. (laughs) You know, and it's kind of funny because my wife... Uh, every time I preach, uh, she always tells me to check my zipper <laughs> to make sure it's okay. So the devil's been trying to stand in my way. But we're not going to let him stand in our way, are we? I'm going to start out with a question. And this should be a fairly easy one to answer. How many of you, and I'd like a show of hands, have made it this far in life and not had anything bad happen to them? Or maybe something bad that might have happened to a loved one, right? I I didn't think I would see any hands. Because this life is full of that kind of stuff. In fact, I think suffering is something that we all have to deal with now and again. I also believe that suffering is as much a part of the Christian life as joy and connection 
and all the other good things that come from the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe suffering is there for a reason. And I know that the pastor, Billy Graham, once said, some people are called to suffer. I hope that we aren't those people. But some people are called to suffer. The message today should help you find your way into the understanding of why God lets bad things happen to good people sometimes. He doesn't do it all the time, but he does it sometimes, and he has good purpose in doing that. But when bad things have happened to you in your life, how did you react? You know, most people react in one of three ways to bad things happening in their lives. They either deny it, they go into denial. Oh man, that couldn't have happened to me. Or they get angry. Or they blame others for their circumstances. Those are three very natural human things that are reactions to bad things happening in our lives. But the first question that comes out of most people's mouths is why? Why did this happen to me? How could God allow this to happen to me? I'm a good person, right? I follow. I do the things I'm supposed to do. How could God allow something bad to happen to me? I could go into a whole discussion today about good and how good we are. But I'm going to take a different tact on this today. You see, the answer to that question is very difficult to answer. And sometimes it's very difficult for us to discern, especially when those bad things are happening. But I can tell you this. If I look back over my life, and I look at all of the bad things that have happened, all the good things that have happened, everything fits together like puzzle pieces. If I hadn't had the bad happen in my life that's happened in my life, and, and folks, I'd love to tell you the story sometime. <laughs> if I hadn't had those bad things happen, I wouldn't be where I am today. I might not even be alive today if those bad things hadn't happened. So today I'm grateful for those trials. I'm gra- grateful for the bad things that happened in my life because they started forming who I am today. You know, I'm a follower today, and I'm a, I'm a believer today, and I'm a servant today. All these roles were nothing I understood before. Without those bad things, I wouldn't be who I am. So I'm grateful. Today we're going to look at a story from the Bible. And I love telling stories. But this one is a true story. It's in God's Word. And it's a, it's a story about something that God allowed to happen to a man named Lazarus. 
I have heard this message preached probably 10 different ways. But today, I'm going to preach it the way God told me to preach it. But before I dive in, I'm going to share one other little story with you. In 2012, my wife asked me if I would go to church with her. And I said, you won't catch me in one of those places. I'm a new Christian, folks. I didn't believe in anything in the Christian faith at that point. Almost a year to the day later, Jesus tapped me on the shoulder and he said, hey, I got something to show you. And I walked into a church for the very first time. I mean, I had been in churches before, but I'd never been there with the intent of finding out what it was all about. And I heard a message called, why God lets bad things happen to good people. I'm hoping that through whatever is said today and through whatever this message contains that the devil tried to stop from happening might bring just one of you to Jesus today. Because it did me. I couldn't tell you what was preached that day. Not a single word. Because I didn't hear it. I felt it. It changed me. So today we're going to go into John 11. If you've got your Bibles with you, you can open up. It's right at the beginning. We're going to be in verses 1 to 44. There's a lot of scripture today. Um, I'm going to read and I'm going to go through it and I'm going to tr- stop at different places and, and uh, bring out the points of the scripture and this scripture at the same time. So John 1 starts out with, Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. To give you a little bit of perspective, Jesus had gone to Jerusalem and he had proclaimed that he and the Father are one. The Jews at that point were set on stoning him to death. So they left Jerusalem and they went to the place where John the Baptist was baptizing. And that's the place that Jesus was baptized. Now I had to do a little bit of research because I'm kind of a research kind of guy. And I, I looked it up and the distance between Jerusalem and where Jesus was baptized is about 30-ish maybe 40-ish miles. It's not a short distance when you travel like Jesus did. And this is important because it kind of sets the stage for the story. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom, whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. 
It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So that brings me to the first point of this sermon, and it's the obvious. God sometimes allows bad things to happen so that he might be glorified. Most of the people sitting in this room, I would imagine, know the end of the story of Lazarus. Jesus was glorified through what happened here. But Jesus knew what the outcome of this situation was going to be. He also knew that it wasn't going to be what people would expect. He was going to glorify God through his actions by defining who he is again. By this point, Jesus had defined who he was several times, right? But he was going to do it again, one more time, to show people who he is. This is why oftentimes we don't understand, when we're in the middle of a bad thing, why it's happening. Because sometimes on the other side of it is glory, and we don't see that. We revel in the badness of the moment. And forget that something good might come out of the things that happen to us. Most times after a period of time, we get to see that glory. Puzzle pieces in our past. We get to see the glory of God happen firsthand. So moving back into the text. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister, and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed in the place he was. He stayed two days longer in the place where he was. That's a normal reaction, right? My friend's sick. He's across town. I think I'm going to (laughs) wait. Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. Not only was his friend sick, but now Martha and Mary were (laughs) waiting for the Lord. And he's making them wait even longer. Do you think Jesus was being cruel? Some people would think that. And the reason that people think that is that in this world, in this society... We're taught that any delay in help or any delay in the gratification of our needs is cruel. That's not necessarily so. But it's what we're taught. It's environmental. This society lives on instant gratification. Do you all know what Pez is? Little candies? Almost 110% sugar. That is the perfect example of instant gratification. You put these little candies in this little rectangular thing. It usually has a cartoon head on the top or uh, maybe a president or something. And you tilt that head back and out pops the candy. 
it trains us to enjoy instant gratification. And I have a dog that's just like that. Her name is Cindy. (laughs) She thinks my wife is a Pez dispenser. Because she goes up and just slaps her with her paw when she wants a bone, when she wants a treat, when she wants to be petted. She wants instant gratification. But we've trained that into her because we give her every time she does it. That's what this society does to people. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Here, here, here. But that isn't the way life is. So the question was, Is Jesus being cruel? You're going to see that cruelty was not what this is about. So let's read on. Then after he said this to his disciples, let's go, then he said to his disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, Jews were just now seeking to stone you. And are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I will go to awaken him. The disciples said, to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Recover. See, they were a little scared to go back. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus told him plainly, or told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and for your sake, speaking to his apostles, and for your sake, I am glad that I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So Thomas, called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. That brings me to the second point. God sometimes allows bad things to happen to strengthen your faith. Why would Jesus need to strengthen the faith of the apostles? (laughs) That's an interesting question, isn't it? They had traveled with him for nearly three years. They had seen every miracle that he performed. They had seen him raise the dead. They had seen him fix lepers. They had seen him fix cripples. They had seen him do all of those things. And yet they still didn't understand who he was. Part of that was probably due to the fact that they hadn't received the Holy Spirit yet. But part of that was cultural for them. They had a limited view. And I think humans in general have a limited view of the spiritual world. So we need evidence sometimes to strengthen our faith. 
Jesus needed to show them one more time that he was fully God and that he was fully man. He shows both things in the story. This might lead them to believe fully in him. Today, looking back, it's really hard to see what must have been going on in the minds of the people then. Because they saw all these things, and yet they didn't believe. Do we believe? I mean, really believe? We have to ask ourselves that. I believe in my heart of hearts that Jesus is Lord. It's why I'm here. Without him, I don't exist. I believe it with every fiber in my body. If you had asked me the same question five years ago, I would have told you you were crazy to think that. But I believe it today. Because I've had an interface with Jesus. I have a relationship with him today that is something that I never, ever understood. So sometimes God lets bad things happen to good people to strengthen your faith. And it's really important to note that sometimes the bad things that happen aren't things that happen to you that can strengthen your faith. A great example of that is the ministry that we have in this church called Celebrate Recovery. Celebrate Recovery is a place where we go and we have the hurts, habits, and hang-ups that we've had in our life, and we bring them there, and we allow Jesus to work his power on them, and we see people heal. And once we're healed, we see others heal. And as a result, our faith gets strengthened because bad things happened in their life that they think we're not playing. Moving on in the, uh, oh, I do want to mention one more thing. Next week, Celebrate Recovery starts on step one. If you've got something going on in your life, family problems, security problems, alcohol problems, drug problems, I always list those last because that's the least important of the bunch. Depression, anxiety, fear, any of those things. Come and sit with us. Your life will change. I guarantee it. So moving on. Now when Jesus came, he found Lazarus. Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. That's pretty significant. And it's pretty significant. And I will will tell you that there's only one thing I've ever learned from a prosperity preacher. And that's this fact. (laughs) That in Jewish tradition, around death and burial, they believe that the spirit hovered around the body for three days after death. After three days, they thought there was no possibility of resurrection from the dead. There's no possibility that that soul could enter back into his body. 
So this was an important thing to the Jews that were there. So Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. She's telling Jesus he's late. I don't think Jesus was late, do you? Of course, we know the end of the story. But even now, I know whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha misunderstood that at first. She said, Martha Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. So she still had in her mind that he was gone forever until the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Hallelujah. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I believe you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. That brings me to point three in the sermon. God sometimes allows bad things to happen to bring us to faith in Jesus and therefore receive eternal life. I believe that that's the glory of God. I believe that we get to live beyond physical death. I believe that we get to experience the presence of our Lord and Savior. Jesus said, he is the resurrection and the life. He is the only path we need to follow. And he welcomes all who believe. He doesn't care if you dress in Harley clothes or Indian clothes. He doesn't care if you have tattoos on your body. He doesn't care if you have piercings all over you. He loves you. He doesn't care where you've been. He doesn't care what you've done. He says, come as you are. That's the Jesus that came and got me. That's the Jesus that I've grown to love. And that's the Jesus that I've experienced a love that I never understood before through him. You know, it was significant that these happened just these events happened just a couple of miles from Jerusalem. It was significant that there were a lot of Jews there. They said many. I don't know how many that is, but many Jews were there to see the events that were about to happen. So let's jump back into the text. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and calling for you. 
And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were in the house consoling her saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Again, she was telling Jesus he was late. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Jesus in his nature, being fully God, was also fully man. He got to feel everything we felt. He got to see everything we see. Thank God that he sent him. Thank God that Jesus was on this earth and showed us who God is. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept him from dying? That brings me to the fourth point of this message. God sometimes allows bad things to happen to reveal his power. The Jews were thinking, because Lazarus had been dead for four days, that there was no chance that he was ever going to be brought back to life. Heck, they thought he was rotting in the tomb and that there would be a bad smell. They were thinking that they were dealing with a man, just any old man. They didn't understand they were dealing with the God-man. They didn't understand all of the power that exists is at his disposal. Nothing is impossible with him. That impression would change very soon, and they would see a miracle firsthand. And some would come to believe through being shown his power but he had to reveal his power. Then Jesus, deeply moved, again came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he's been dead four days. I know if I were in a tomb four days, I'd be stinking pretty bad by then. <laughs> Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. You know, he didn't have to say that before God. God already knew. He had to say it in front of the people so they could see the connection. 
He said, I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and his feet bound with linen strips, and his face was wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. That's the revelation of the glory of God. That's the revelation of his power through a bad event happening in a friend of Jesus. One of his closest friends. Because of this event, many believed. Having bad things happen in our life is not easy. But bad things happen, and if we keep our eyes on the Lord, if we keep our mind focused on the Lord through those things happening, we may have the opportunity to see His glory. We may have the opportunity to see miracles happen in our life. I have. Even before I was a believer, Jesus showed me miracles. We may also have the opportunity to help somebody else who is going through the same things. You know, I've had the opportunity to share some of the very bad things that have happened in my life with certain people who are going through the same things. I think that God uniquely equipped me through those bad things to help those people. That's why he allowed those things to happen in my life. In the end, whatever happens, I believe it will have been a part of God's plan for us. Not long after this happened, the religious leaders in the area felt very threatened. By Jesus. This was a pretty powerful miracle, and it was witnessed by a lot of people. So these people were threatened by what happened, and so they were more, even more fervent to get him out of the way. What they didn't know is that what they were about to do was part of God's plan. Something bad was going to happen to Jesus, right? Way worse than anything that's happened to us, right? They thought they were going to get rid of him. They didn't know that God had another plan. Because here we are, couple thousand years later still talking about Jesus they thought people would forget about him they thought he was done
Jesus led a sinless life. He didn't deserve to die. He showed people who he is when he was on the planet. He performed many miracles, but people failed to see his power and his glory. He suffered as no other person has ever suffered. And he did it intentionally. One of the very interesting things when I read the Gospels is in the, in the time period leading up to the crucifixion, Jesus never once said, no, I'm not going to go there. Every step he took was a step that would put him on the cross. It was intentional. <laughs> I wish I had a set of lungs like that still. Um, but every single thing that happened was intentional on his part. It was part of God's plan. Those bad things that happened to him were part of the plan. He did the most illogical thing in the minds of we humans. People who don't understand who Jesus was look at the cross and think, man, that is just the craziest thing in the world. But God knew that only through the intentional shedding of Christ's blood would our sins be forgiven. Would we be able to live in the, in the generation of grace that we're in today? They didn't understand that. But this was the great plan of reconciliation. You know, the Bible is made up of uh, about three chapters of the, the fall of the, the world into sin, and then the rest of it's about the reconciliation or the redemption of our souls. But it's a great plan. It's a plan that we're living in today. Because Jesus is right here with us. We're gathered in his name, so he is right here. And he hears every word that's said, and he hears every thought in our heads. He loves us. Jesus shed his blood that we might live. He did it to give us eternal life. That was God's plan. I'd like to ask the worship team to come back up. So folks, if, if you're in the middle of a storm today, if you are in pain, if you're hurting, please know that it is not for nothing. The pain we feel in this life is part of the plan. We may not know it at the time, but God has a plan for each and every one of us. And in the end, it will be His plan that is realized. Our plans are immaterial 
when it comes to God. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, change that today. Change that and become part of God's eternal plan. I believe in all my heart that God has a plan for every one of us. Don't miss out on God's plan for you. I invite you to give your life to Jesus. You can come up front. You can get on your knees. You can stand where you are. Thanks for listening to this sermon audio production from Day 3 Church. We pray that it has ministered to you. For more information about our location, service times, or other sermon podcasts, please visit us online at day3church.org. Day 3 Church, experience a new day in your life.